Hey, everyone. I'm talking in my golfing voice. I'm out on the course right now. It's one of my favorite places to bring my camera. However, this isn't about photography today. Today, I want to talk to you about golf. You know I'm an avid golfer by my endless golf analogies on the podcast. I'm also an equipment freak. I don't want to admit the number of golf-related items I've purchased in the last 10 years. Do you know what piece of equipment you use on every shot? No, not the driver. Nope, not the putter. It's the golf ball. And when I found Encore Golf, the search for the perfect golf ball completely stopped. And trust me, I have tried them all. I play the Vero X1, and once I switch to that ball, I haven't looked back. Encore tells me the ball is perimeter weighted, is why it flies straighter and truer than the competition, and that may very well be true. However, I tend to think it's for my perfectly on-plane golf swing. Agree to disagree. Vero X1s are also about $15 less than the competition, and for a tour ball with a urethane cover, that is just unheard of. Their Vero X2 just came out, and I can't wait to try those. They are built for those with high swing speeds like yours truly. But they do have a golf ball for every competitor out there. The holidays are right around the corner, and if you are struggling to find that pesky golf-loving relative a gift, look no further. Improving their game is the gift that keeps on giving. Take a look at Encore Golf. That's O-N-C-O-R-E Golf and find the perfect ball for you. That's a big mug you got, big ceramic mug. We're both drinking hot beverages. You got the, yeah. I, I know it's because I know you're a large man. And you're <laughs> looks like you're a normal double, size cup. <laughs> you're double handing, double fisting the cup like a goblet as you drink it. <laughs> so I huge. know that's a big mug. That's you're the one where festive. you... You put the large size on the Keurig and you're like, that's not enough, but it's just because the, the mug is huge. <laughs> what can you do? I need a lot of coffee today. I'm feeling it. You have to put that over a fire to heat it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you Blow drinking? Torture. You didn't answer. Oh, it's just a, it's a coffee. It's a late afternoon coffee. coffee. Yeah, I just, sometimes uh, those are needed, huh? Yeah, I finished a run. I was cold. I did a uh, some leaf blowing. Yes, I'm blowing leaves in December, late December. Everyone, you know, sometimes you're busy. And you just got to do it. You got to do it now. And that's sometimes what I'm doing. Sometimes you're busy recording podcasts. And <laughs> right. Don't you don't have time for leaves. I don't have time for leaves. <laughs> you, uh, you sent me a great video on Christmas Eve. I know you, you don't celebrate Christmas in the tradition. Like, right. what do you? You still do, do the Santa do? thing with your son and things like that, right? But yeah, not so Christmas in the traditional sense, correct? Yeah, I wake up, I go over uh, to his mom's, and we open presents. It's actually a very cool. nice tradition, and I I love that we're able to do that. And um, good for you guys. It is, it's wonderful. It really is. And and then, I mean, selfishly, it's like, all right, I'm good, uh, and time to go home. And then I watch the rest of the world like go insane. Are you by driving. yourself at this point? You leave. You leave yeah, your son. I leave. With his yeah, mom? I leave. Yep. And and they're going to like you know they're going to her mom's and then they have to go to her sisters and then you know maybe a friend stop by. Like I just watch right. the insanity ensue with everyone while I'm like, what do I? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna clean out my closet. I'm gonna get ahead. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna watch a movie. I'm gonna good for you. Catch up with some friends. Go through the whole list and say Merry Christmas to everyone. Yeah, it's great. So. But on the 24th, you did not have your feet up. You sent me a nice little video. Sent me, sent me a nice little video. You out on the trails, pounding it. Yeah. Getting some miles. And I was like, oh, this and, guy's walking the talk. Let's do it. And, and Christmas Day. Uh, yeah. all, the, all the days. Um, no, l- listen, my first little thing was like, hey, uh, get out there. Get the get the behavior, the habit going of actually going to do it. I think that's that's a Hardest big part. part for me. Yeah, is like yeah. all right, time to go and go do it. Then once you're there, it's like it can be hard, but the hardest part is like getting there. So that was the big thing. I wanted seven days in a row of of running and not a crazy distance. I didn't want to 
end up hating it or getting hurt, but it was just go run for a mile straight. And if there's anything extra cool in a few days, there were a few days. It was, uh, it was tough. We've talked about the data influence. My Garmin was getting pissed at me. Like it was giving me warnings like, Hey, you're overreaching. Like you need a rest day. Stop. No workouts today. It was like getting mad and I had to ignore it mm-hmm. <laughs> versus, uh, listen to it. And I just use common sense. Like I'm running a mile. Like it's not calm down. Everyone, everyone relax. <laughs> Relax, Garmin. I'm not running an ultra marathon. Yeah, come on, <laughs> come on. It'll it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I did it. I took one day off, and then today I started a uh, a new thing. So um, uh, I'm going with that. What's so, the new thing? I have to ask. Nice the new thing is my my Garmin does have workouts, like suggested workouts based on the metrics that it has, and it's like let's let's. Sure, in this baseline. So the workout today was you're going to run for 24 minutes. Uh, let's be a 12 minute pace, which isn't isn't terrible, but you're running for 24 minutes. So uh, by the end of it, I had like close to two and a quarter miles, and I ran most of it, and I was proud of myself. Like, mm-hmm. oh, progress! I'm getting there, and outside in the cold, which is not fun. Not fun. Not fun. Good stuff. Not so- as fun. We talked last episode about reporting back with results and mm-hmm. you know being more diagnostic and assessive and debriefing yeah with things. So what has been the mental difference over the last 7 days for for after doing something difficult even if it is just a mile a day? Mm-hmm. And did I say mental or physical? Mental, and that's the other so one. So what, what has been the mental and what has been the physical changes that you've noticed in a small amount of time, if, if you're able to elude? Yeah. Um, mental, that process of like, when you're not, let's go, let's back up even a week before the week of running, those days of like, it's way too easy to be like, ah, I'm not going to work out today. I'll work out tomorrow. I'll work out after New Year's. I'll work out next Monday. I'll start eating well next month. I'll give myself a week of eating well first. And then I'll, like, you could do a thousand things to make the excuse not to get out there and go. Um, once you start doing it every day, where it's like, uh, I have to do this, um, I made a promise to myself, whatever it is, mm-hmm. after day three, it became just sort of like part of the day. And especially when you're doing a mile or like that was the goal. I knew in my head, all right, this is, you know, if I, if I run pretty hard, like nine minutes of my life, like I can go do that, go do that. And then go from there. Um, it became easier to rationalize like this will, this will be fine. Like go, go ahead and do it. It's not that bad. You know, the struggle, you know what it's going to feel like, you know, you're going to be out of breath. You know, your, your heart's going to be pounding and you know, your legs are going to have like little, little dinky ouchy moments. And then they go away. Like you start to know the, the other side of it. Um, and it becomes less and less scary. I think just like anything, if you're not approaching it, uh, that, that moment becomes scarier. I read once this this great analogy of the dog in the yard with an electric fence. And beyond the electric fence is a world of discovery. Squirrels galore, uh, water running, endless miles. But there's this electric fence that's one second of pain. Not even. A split second of, ah! And if you can bust through that electric fence... You're, you open up an entire world. If you're scared of that one second of, ah, and you stay safe and comfortable, you miss out on all this stuff. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting dogs across the world. If you're listening, bust through that electric fence. There's some dangers out there. But you get the analogy. And that yeah, electric fence one. became less painful, less painful every single day where it's like, just get there and get going. And then you'll feel great. So that's the mental side for me. You get to a point too where the voltage has to increase because mm. that one second won't hurt so bad after a while. Right. Right. You know so the uh yeah. yeah, you have to up the time or up the uh the distance, whatever it is, keep it going. Um for even bigger reward. Yeah, sure, sure. 
Um, physically, this was the most interesting part. Now, and it ties into the mental. Pre this, uh, I don't know, about a month ago, I, I must have, I don't remember, but I tweaked my knee climbing, I think on a, on a dismount from a wall, just did something weird and it, it really swole, swole, swelled, 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 swelled up. up. Swelled up. Swelled up to the point swollen of being swollen. <laughs> it swelled up pretty it swollen bad. Itself. Swollen itself. Uh, swollen. It swelled up pretty bad. And I did not, I mean, like just one day I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh, like there's a lot of, it's like fluid in my knee. Like it was bad. Um, and it hurt for a while. And I wasn't doing much on it. And part of me, it just started to like, after a long time, feel okay and feel a little bit better. And I was like, great, now I'm going to start running. Maybe that's a dumb idea. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Like, Maybe you should wait until you're perfectly healed. And I started running and I felt like this, this realignment day after day of my body. Like, So my left knee was hurting. On day one or two, while running, I'm like, ah, oh, my, my right knee inside is hurting. Now maybe I was compensating a little bit for the left knee. Then after that, I, I started to wake up and be like, whoa, that knee pain is completely gone. And my hips feel more open and able to move. And I couldn't help to think like the functional action of running, which has been so void in my life on a consistent basis, uh, leads into like, oh, you're, you know, you're sitting at work or you're, you're slouched over on a, I mean, I have a standing desk, but I sit on a stool a little bit of the time. Uh, I sit at meetings. I'm not running. I'm not, you know, extending that sort of uh, movement and motion of my body on a day-to-day basis. I do active things like paddleboard or, or rock climb, but it, it wasn't the same as like pounding the pavement, if you will. And I think that sort of functional movement, like running, sort of built up those supporting muscles and those feelings again. Now, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a physical therapist, but I do know my body and I do know that after a week and some of running, like I feel better than I felt the week prior to running. So physically, I feel great. My heart and lungs you can tell with the stats, like I have the Garmin, I can tell 50, my- 50 beats per minute resting heart rate. Good shit, man. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that's, that's always been there. But I think, you know, it's been pretty steady, the resting heartbeat. Um, 50 is great. Average is you. 60 to 100. Oh, wow. Maybe it's too slow. Maybe that's why I'm so chill. You think it's good when it's slow. Like my, like mine is a four right now is a 48. Wow. It just means that it needs less beats to circulate blood throughout your body. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll get to some marathoners who are in the thirties. Jeez. I think where it's, you get worried is if you're not an athlete or not mm-hmm. doing difficult endurance exercises and your heart rate is that slow. But yeah. then you'd have like numb fingers and yeah. stuff going on that would highlight gotcha. that issue. But yeah, no, that's good, man. 50 is awesome. Thank you. Um, but run, like running wise and the, the heart rate was way up there in the beginning because I was forcing myself to run the entire mile and trying to do decently with time. So the heart rate was pounding um, and it, it's gone down less. It's It's gone down. I'm getting easier. It's easier to do it. Like today I ran... I think just under two without stopping, which was a you know first time. So you're improving. It's incremental, but it's improvement, and you're able to see it, and that's motivating in itself. And and being out there and kind of like having that mindset of like, yeah, this is tough, but you can keep going. Uh, you you get used to that sort of conversation, um, and that's like the mm-hmm. Andy, Andy Glaze we had on and David Goggins stuff. Like you got to fight through it. And once you learn how to, it becomes easier and easier and easier to do so. In all aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. Right? So what's going on? I, I just remember like, it's so easy for you, 6'5", say, I'm too big for this. I'm not built for this. I should row or do something else or something easy. Yeah, but maybe true. 
but you, but no, but you start to realize how easy it is to make excuses for yourself and how easy it is to trick yourself into mm-hmm. thinking you can't do things. Absolutely. And again, the, the, the reason we keep talking about running is because it's the simplest form to be able for you to understand how false that narrative is, which you can then have an aha moment and apply it to all the areas of your life. At least that's how it's worked for me. Yeah. Like I never so used to, to think that I could do a, I did a 14 K which is wow. great for me for other people. It might not be, but mm-hmm. like, Holy shit, this is something I hate doing. And like, I never thought I would be able to do what else have I thought that I would never be able to do. Right. That's the, that's the moment. That's like where your head should go and where mine does. Yeah. And, and we've talked about it with climbing. Like it takes, everything takes time and incremental improvements and it's easy to see in climbing. It's easy to see in music and running seems just the same. It might be even the, the most obvious where you, you know, you get off the couch for the first time and whew, that's painful and all oh, like, what are these muscles and what are these things? And Oh, only a week later, a week later, feel pretty great like doing what I wasn't happy about doing a week ago. So that's mm-hmm. improvement and you know you just Good keep stuff. growing on. Yeah. Do you know what they call like if I were to enter a race what category I would be in because I am so tall and big? No. I'm literally called a Clydesdale. <laughs> that's my group, Clydesdales. Oh, there he like is. Huge What's going horses. on Clyde. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's perfect. This is now our running podcast. No, so. it's good. Well, people no. are probably like, "Oh, enough with the running." I get it. You okay, got to run. But, I'll but, run. But, but listen, we're not trying to tell you to go run, but it's such a simple, simple tool to uncover a lot of areas you may be shying away from, and it's a great way to build confidence and to see that just pushing through hurt gets you to places you want to be at. It's it's as simple as that. With that, let's move on. It's enough about running for this year, because today is December 30th. Wow. You have some things written down. Where do you want to go next? Well, I I just wanted to have a light episode, you know? For sure. Um, We got... We, coffee mugs we, here and yeah, we got coffee mugs, some nice, you know, music in the background. Um, and I think we'll reflect a little bit maybe on the past year, but look forward to 2023 and, and talk about some of the things that we got going. Um, specifically to this show, you mean specifically to this show to TPM, uh, cool. the photographer mindset. Um, Good stuff. number one, let's just refresh that we want or we don't we don't want i guess we want but we would like to remind everyone that the encore giveaway ends in how many days tomorrow tomorrow wow so this is our last chance to jump on the link that's in the description and Mm -hmm. get on there if you know anyone that likes golf um do them a favor and sign up for them. Yeah. Uh, there, there's no purchase necessary. It is a complete giveaway. It's about 350 some odd. No, seven. I'm sorry. Seven. 700. 700. Golf equipment. And, yeah. Golf equipment stuff. Uh, awesome stuff. Some stuff that I have and I can attest that it is, uh, it is high quality, great stuff. So take a look at that in the link. Sign up if you know any golfers. If you're a golfer yourself, um, you, mm-hmm. you, you won't be disappointed. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, just a few, you know, I want to do a few shout outs to companies we worked with this year and feel like, um, and offered them, some you know, codes to listeners. Yeah, offered codes, but give them some thanks. Uh, we're both right now wearing Cotopaxi. Cotopaxi. Yep. How do you say yep. that? How do you say it? Cotopaxi. Cotopaxi? Cotopaxi. Cotopaxi. I think that might be wrong. Yeah. I don't know. Cotopaxi. I don't think it's huh. that. No? All right. It's an Agreed A. Disagree. Taxi. Like a taxi? If I covered this up and replaced the P with a T, you would say taxi. Kodo Paxi. Ah, but that maybe that's why we're doing it, but 
it is a what is Cotopaxi? A mountain range or a mountain? It's a mountain, I believe, in Chile. Googling. Uh, Ecuador. Mm. It's a mountain Ecuador. in Ecuador. All right. Yeah. Um, well, someone in will the tell end, us it's how. A, Cotopaxi is an active stratovolcano in the Andes Mountains located in Latacunga, city of Cotopaxi province in the northeast of Ecuador. It is the second Sick. highest summit in Ecuador, reaching a height of 5,897 meters. It is among the highest active volcanoes in the world. Its most recent eruption began in August of 2015 and ended a year later on the 24th of January, 2016. So not a year, but a few months. It has erupted 87 times, resulting in a creation of numerous valleys formed around the volcano. Cotopaxi was officially closed by the authorities till to climbing until it was reopened in October of 2017. So. Do you think that volcano shoots out like beautiful fleeces? <laughs> Here's shoots a fanny pack. Shoots out our fanny link pack. for people to get 10% off, which you should do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which yes. is what Aaron was getting to. We, we, well, we worked with them and we, we had some great, I think, creative moments with Cotopaxi. It's been fun. Um, They've always been great with us, and they they did give us a link TPM ten. Uh, we also have the link to just their their site, which is in the um, description as well. So I know they have some sales going on now too, like twenty five percent off their winter stuff, which is great. Yeah, and a, after a huge Christmas discount. sales, as you call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. After Christmas, mm-hmm. you didn't know what Boxing Day was. No, well, all the Amer- I, I searched it. Americans don't know what Boxing Day is. What's wrong with you guys? You ever know. heard of Boxing Day on the 26th well, I've, every year? I've heard of it. Just don't. I looked it up. It's a Canadian thing. So it's my fault yeah, for being is. ignorant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you learned a lesson today about volcanoes, Cotopaxi, and uh, that Boxing Day is a Canadian day on the 26th where there's tons of sales. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So moving on, iStorage um, worked with them, did some cool things yep. for them, and they. Definitely help save our files. Uh, they gave us a link as well, TPM 15, 15% off. So if you're looking for some storage solutions, don't forget about iStorage. Yep. Um, encrypted with codes. Encrypted with Password codes. Password protected. It's really cool um, in terms of an external drive for sure. Yep. And you talk about the ledger because that is yeah, beyond from my... my crypto people, the cold storage yeah. wallets. We have an affiliate link with that. It gets you... 10 maybe i think it gets you 10 percent off i think it's that's the number mm-hmm. uh or it's just one of those affiliate links where if you're gonna buy it you might as well have gone from us because that's you know always a nice way to support the show but it's so that you can own your own crypto assets and not keep them on exchanges and go down with a lot of the people in these things you hear about in the news like ftx and i'm sure even yeah. if you don't know much about crypto you've heard about this nightmare fuel for some people who lost everything by holding their crypto assets on exchanges. It's essentially imagine a bank going down, right? And all your money's in the bank. It's all gone. So the idea is you hold the keys to your own crypto with these devices and it's stored offline. Interesting. Yes. So it's kind of like you're keeping cash in the mattress. Absolutely. Instead of a bank, instead of I mean, trusting the, the same, bank. Yeah, I mean, the same concept goes for banks. I mean, if a bank goes yeah. bankrupt and your money is in a savings account, it's gone. <laughs> you know, right. People forget that. Banks have yeah. gone under from time to time. For so, sure. A lot of them are insured, which helps or can help. I don't know how that all works. I haven't heard about it in a long time. But uh, this crypto is definitely not insured by these exchanges. No. So, But even if gone, you're insured, gone. imagine an entire global economic meltdown where everything right. is being liquidated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad. So, bad news bears. Yes, we have a code for that, also in the episode description. And then further, we, so looking forward to 2023, TPM is going to have some merchandise items, which we're mm-hmm. excited about. Because mm-hmm. you know us. We are fashion-forward gentlemen, and uh, we have certain items that we think, like, we know. We know fashion people. We do. We do, and we're going to incorporate TPM with some things that we like, that we're excited about. So stay tuned for that. 
coming yes. soon. Not just, you know, it's so easy to go on a website like Teespring or I don't even know if it's called that anymore. I think it's just called Spring. No disrespect if you do this, but we wanted to go a different route. But you could just, you know, throw your logo on something, order a bunch and ship them out. But we want to make, you know, cool stuff that is interesting and maybe a bit creative and edgy. So we're going to take time. We have some uh, prototypes already down the pipeline um, made by another company that we work with. So we'll get those going in the new year. They'll be available for people yeah. to pick up if they so please and they want to have another method of supporting the show. They look cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of 2023, we have a few things that are in the works as well. We have a workshop in April. Um mm-hmm. A handful of people have already asked us about it, so make sure that you you throw in the towel and and ask us. Throw in the throw towel. Throw in your no. hat. Throw in your Not hat. Your and yeah, don't throw in the towel. Keep your <laughs> towel. Dry up. Dry Keep up. Keep your towel. Get your hat and then throw your hat in the <laughs> ring. Um, That's much better. <laughs> throw in the towel. Give up for 2023. That's Chuck your message. camera in a lake. <laughs> Do something Launch else. Launch it. But record it because it'll be a funny <laughs> reel and you might get follows. Yeah, you get um, millions on your way out the door. <laughs> and you go swimming after your camera. Oh, I have I I hope I have time. I bought the stuff. I have a very, I think, funny concept for a holiday end of year reel. Every once in a while it hits me and I and I don't shy from production value. And I am going to do this entire thing. And I think it'll be funny to like 20 photographers, but I think it's worth it. All right. For those 20 laps. Anyways, smirk. <laughs> going forward uh, to the workshop we're going to do in April, um, April 28th, I believe. Yes. Um, that weekend, we are staying at Warner's Camp, their brand new log cabin. Um, it is, I mean, Warner's camp is like top notch. They know what they're doing with the boutique Airbnb stays. Um, They've been doing it for a while. Anyone that's ever shot cabins and does that for income or for a living even has definitely made their footprints in those uh, places. Um, Yeah. Their original Warner camp. And now they have a brand new one again, like I said, across the street, that's where we're staying. Um, We are going to do a workshop on, how to shoot a cabin, number one, uh, what cabins are looking for. We're going to create portfolios for each person there. We're going to share our portfolios and our best collective images with Warner's Camp uh, in the hopes that they share our work uh, or your work, really. Seth and I won't have much to do with it. This is about you guys. Mm-hmm. To share your work uh, and and display that, giving you a foothold in the industry where you can say, "I stayed here and and did work for them." We're gonna, like I said, create a, a portfolio. Try to establish your uniqueness, your your talents, your specialties, whether it's drone, video, photography, all of the above. Um, go into lifestyle shooting, uh, do's and don'ts about pitches, do's and don'ts about packages. Create our packages, share our. Pack- packages. Basically, you're going to leave there with the blueprint on how to start to knocking literally and figuratively knocking on doors of Airbnbs and saying, hey, this is this is my previous work. Uh, I stayed at Warner's camp. I would love to uh, stay at your place. And are you interested? And here's where we go from there. Um, so we think, I don't, I don't even think, I know it's going to be a valuable and really cool retreat and really fun in the Adirondacks around Lake Placid. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. And one of the things too, to keep in mind is referencing that episode we did with Chris Howard. Remember when he talked about shooting for Mercedes and just the fact that he was able to legitimately say, I have Mercedes under my belt early on in the game. Warner's camp is the Mercedes of the East coast of the United States for cabin photography. So it's actually quite incredible. People can go check this out for themselves. The amount of smaller cabins and Airbnbs that follow Warner's camp that emulate what they're doing, that copy what they're doing. So, I mean, if you have a beautiful portfolio at a place that's the creme de la creme, for lack of a mm-hmm. better phrase, that carries a huge amount of weight. And I mean, we haven't landed it on price point, but whatever it is, 
completely easy to, you know, 20x that in one year, especially if you're able to leverage your content that you got from such a prestigious place, which is what I want people to really, you know, keep in mind. And excited to share sort of what we've figured out works and to learn from people who come. You know, mm-hmm. I love, uh, love learning from other people. And, um, but like Aaron said, it's the best, it's a, it's an excellent, if not one of the best opportunities to start a portfolio at a place that carries huge weight Yeah, in that genre. So that's a, that's a good concluding sentence. Absolutely. Yes. I'm definitely excited for it. It's, I mean, the cabin shooting, I, I'm going to one in a couple weeks, January 27th. Um, it's something that I love to do every once in a while. Uh, spend a weekend, get creative. It's a fresh canvas. It's really fun. And it's a, I mean, that's, but it's the dream, right? Is it not? Like, mm-hmm. wait, you're telling me I can stay at this place and you might be able to pay a little for me to stay here and take photos while I'm here, which I was going to probably do anyways. Man, that is, um, that's fun. It makes it fun. Makes yeah. It and fun. I mean, to provide a real life example, remember with ST6, the little company we have going on, did the one take there. I was unable to join because COVID border issues. But remember, you guys did the one take, killed it for Warner's Camp, and then tons of cabins were messaging saying, hey, you know, would you be interested in doing something like that for us? So it just goes to show people are watching, other cabins are watching, and that yeah. place, that notch on your belt, Warner's Camp is huge. Yeah, and can I, can I jump on that point? Because that was a great point. That was kind of exactly what's we hope will happen. The the trickle out from that. We've already seen it. So that was a that's a collective of photographers. We got together for basically the first time. We created some great content. They used some of my photos that I took on my own there. I was able to to leverage those to other places and and push and and get into some other places and build my own portfolio. But that was the start of it. Uh, that investment of going there and taking photos and doing something creative uh, went a long, long way. Um, so Warner's and you're Camp booking is, cabins now. So yeah, real life Warner's example. Camp, Warner's Camp is excited about the photographer mindset and us doing a retreat there. So the, again, all all the the pins are up. It's the opportunity for us to mm-hmm. knock them down mm-hmm. is great. And oh. no promises, but we're going to try and also do what we normally do: link in some apparel, possibly. Yeah. Yes. Which is mm-hmm. another great contact mm-hmm. connection to have. Absolutely. Not going to say who we're reaching out to, but at this point you probably can figure it out. (laughs) Um, I wanted to share something from a book I've been reading and it touches on a topic you mentioned last episode or maybe the one before it. Mm -hmm. So Christmas Eve day, so the 24th to be more simple here. uh, We're visiting my mom just for the holidays and uh, Haley didn't have anything to really do. I wanted to work on some stuff. And so we decided, hey, let's go to the bookstore. We'll get you a book, right? You'll have something to do while I'm working. So you're not just sitting around watching Netflix. She didn't want to do that. So we walk in to get her a book and we ended up walking out of there with like $150 worth of books. I bought like two and she bought two or bought one. And then there's one that we share. But one of them was this book, uh, Leadership Strategy and Tactics by Jocko Willink. I highly recommend mm-hmm. people go listen to that, the Jocko Willink podcast. It's a five-star um, Jocko was an ex-Navy SEAL who was uh, stationed, who did many deployments, one of them the Battle of Ramadi in Iraq, one of the first uh, SEAL, part of one of the first SEAL platoons on the ground there. And the entire book is about how to properly lead people, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's in combat or in a business or, you know, there's, there's opportunities to be a leader that arise all the time in group dynamics. And it sort of breaks down a lot about humility. Um, a lot about taking a step back and analyzing things from a broader scope, bigger picture. But there's a chapter in here called imposter syndrome. And I remember an episode or two ago, you mentioned sometimes you have that thought of like, you know, what, what are people listening to me for? What am you know, like, 
it was something along those lines. Yeah. Maybe you can help me yeah. fill in what it was. People will remember it was it was imposter syndrome to a degree, right? Which we've stated, you know, you'll always have. It's just knowing how to properly control that chatter and steer yourself in a better, more productive direction. But I kind of wanted to read, it's a short chapter. I sort of wanted to read some points and maybe stop and have you weigh in, myself weigh in, because there was a bunch of interesting takes in here. Do you mind if I read a little bit of it? No, I love it. And I I think if I reflect back to the whole year, this is one thing that the most people DM me and us about like, oh, that really resonated because I'm struggling with that. And I think artists struggle with that a lot because um, they're, I don't know. I mean, and there's probably a lot of reasons why, but uh, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. So this is from a you know, Navy SEAL who was a task commander. So mm-hmm. big, you know, paid his dues, tons of experience and still mentions that, you know, he has had that from time to time. So I'll start. So This is from Jocko. Some people worry they aren't ready for a leadership position. Some even feel once in that position that they don't deserve to be there. These anxieties are often described as imposter syndrome. But while some people worry about this feeling, I actually believe it can be a good thing. If you're worried that you aren't ready for a leadership position, that means that you have humility. If you are nervous, it means you are going to do your best to prepare for that role. And once you're in it, you're going to be thoughtful about your words, actions, and decisions, which are all positive. So that's the start. The idea that if you're worried that you're, if you're having thoughts of imposter syndrome, it shows that you are a humble person to begin with. Yeah. Not necessarily unconfident, but you have humility. And that you're likely, since you're feeling like you're not an expert in that situation, you're likely going to do your best to prepare as much as possible. And a good example of that was last year when we did our first retreat, which will segue into 2023. Remember, we were like, we've never done this before. We're, we're weighing over our head. So we tripled, quadrupled down on the prep. Yeah, And we it did. went well. Mm-hmm. Shall I continue or do you want to add to that first bit? No, I like that. And I, I, I kind of added a sense of that when we were talking about the the Sunday golfer that's uh, Jack Nicholas uh famously said when he's nervous on a Sunday it's because he's somewhere he wants to be and it's important and he got to that point like he and then he would turn it into I'm nervous because I'm really proud of myself and my accomplishment here also um and it's a good thing that I'm nervous that means I care right so yes. I, I think that ties in beautifully to what you just read Yes. I'll continue. When I was an assistant platoon commander and a task unit commander in the SEAL teams, I always felt the same way. I felt like I wasn't quite ready or wasn't quite capable of doing the job that was being asked of me. The burdens of command and the responsibility of the mission were heavy and made me nervous about my decisions and actions. Because of that feeling, I doubled down on my prep. I focused on learning as much as I possibly could because I wanted to do a good job. This is the opposite of some SEAL leaders that I worked with or put through training who thought they were not only ready, but imminently qualified to do the job. In their minds, they didn't need to prepare. They didn't need to study. They didn't need to carefully consider their words and actions. And they didn't feel they needed to listen to anyone up or down the chain of command. That kind of attitude is the opposite of the imposter syndrome. It is just plain arrogance and will destroy a team and yourself. Going to the extreme and being overconfident is a disaster. I'll take a pause there. Yeah. um, That makes complete sense. I think, like you said, those nerves get you preparing. I'm thinking back to music days where like, oh, I had to do these piano recitals in front of all these people that I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I had the option to use music in front of me and I always went for option two which was to have it by memory because I knew right. that would make me practice as hard as I possibly could and I wanted it to be second nature I didn't want to have to rely on the music in front of me what happens if my hands are dry and I can't flip the page or uh, right. there's a there's a draft and it blows over now I'm having a panic attack <laughs> so um, yeah that that over prep I think often is stemmed from the fear of failure or nervousness or, or wanting to do your best and the importance of the task at hand. Mm -hmm. 
People with imposter syndrome can tend to clam up and recede, become invisible, which can invite disrespect from others. A leader with imposter syndrome should always open up, should always ask questions, and should always find out why someone did a certain thing at a certain time. They should ask for input about a plan and solicit advice on how to best move forward. An important lesson for leaders, especially new leaders stepping into a new role. You don't know everything. No one expects you to know everything. But if you try and act like you know everything, people will see you for what you are, an imposter. If you act humbly and expose yourself, ask questions, be vulnerable, and admit that you don't know everything, you will start to build trust and confidence from those around you. Lastly, stay humble, study, ask questions, learn, and balance the dichotomy between too much humility and too much confidence. And I'll end there. I thought that was really, really neat. That is neat, and it's it's great. I, yeah, I um, I agree with that, and it's I'm just reflecting on it now myself. Uh, I just like the tie into humility. Yeah, the tie into humility and. There's a line from something like as soon as you as soon as you think you know everything, you know nothing. Like the smartest people are the ones that right. don't know. Um, and I, I think it's that. Like we all have our we all have our expertises or things that we feel like I'm I'm pretty good at this. I'm pretty solid at this, and I can share. But usually, by no means you're the best at it. Mm-hmm. By no means you're, especially when it has to do with like art and subject subjective sort of qualifications it's like to be confident and to be like not humble and cocky is like it's very off-putting yeah and i just i really like the part where it's you don't know everything and nobody expects you to know everything everything Mm -hmm. so don't try and act like you do right right and like for us for this workshop on doing cabins it's not our profession it's not our we we don't know everything about it absolutely not we are not Warner of Warner's camp. You know, it's like, hey, we we want to brain think together, group think and brainstorm and tell you about our secrets, our little tricks that we've done or things that have worked and get together and create something together. Right. Uh, and numbers. Um, listen, here, here's just the truth of the matter. Uh, I. I reached out to Warner's camp. I could have done that weekend on my own and gotten paid for sure. Right. Easily. Like I made the contact. Hey, I'd love to be out there. Here's some of my previous work. That's how it all started. And then I was like, Oh, I have an idea. I have an idea. I want to incorporate people. I'm going to incorporate Seth. I want to incorporate TPM. Uh, this could be a better thing for multiple people. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have been selfish. I could have had, you know, friends over and had a, you know, party up there and take some photos and call it a day. Um, I'm not inviting people because I know that we know everything about it. In a humble way, we have had successes that work and we want to share them. And I think too, you build a weekend like this or essentially a team or an experience around everyone's strengths i mean the people who we don't necessarily know who will be signing up but let's just take it between you and i you know there's tons of areas where i'm weak that you're a strong person and maybe vice versa Mm -hmm. you know for example we've mentioned it before like making graphics who's going to do that me Mm because i feel like i'm savvy in that you extremely savvy with the connection in the cell Mm -hmm. with warner's camp so i think it's also great to realize and when you're building an experience or a team, how that dynamic's going to work to fill all the the gaps there may be in terms of not necessarily personality, but just what everyone brings to the table. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think you and I are both simultaneously strong at creating, at bringing people together. I've had individuals when I've asked for critical feedback on myself say, you're very good at bringing people together. And like, that's what the show is. And I think mm-hmm. both you and I share that. And I think that's what we're aiming to do. Cause like you said, you could have just had a weekend, made some money, called it, but you're looking to take it a step up and offer more and an experience that will serve listeners of the show well in the years to come, which is, you know, quite amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I guess my point in saying that was the brain's a funny, a funny thing because of, I mean, I remember the conversation with my own head and maybe people can like relate to this where it's like, all right, Warner camp said they, they want me to do work. Cool. What's a, let me up it though. Let's, let me talk to Seth and see if he's able to come down. Could we do a workshop there? And he was like, let me, yeah, let me check the calendar. I think that works. Uh, write down what you have in mind. And then my brain even has this argument of like, who, this is the imposter syndrome. Like, who am I to lead a workshop on this? This isn't, I've done a handful of cabins. I've had a handful of success uh, with it. You know, where, who am I to give this thing? And then I go back to like, maybe I should just do it. Maybe I should just do it on my weekend or have Seth come down. Like we can bang it out together and just do a thing together. Um, and then I have to fight that and go, you know, it's not about, it's not about being the best or being like, I'm the, I'm the voice of cabin shooting. It's about getting people together and making mistakes together even offering advice and having someone in the group say, Hey, well, why wouldn't you do it that way? Mm-hmm. And being like, wow, uh, that's way better. That's smart. And now the rest of the people hear it. So you have to let go of that sort of, he, the, in the book, what's the guy's name? I'm sorry. Jocko Willink. The name Jocko, of the book yeah. is leadership strategy and tactics. He's also the author of extreme ownership. The concept where you take ownership of everything that happens to you internally mm. and externally. So he made the example of the leaders that know everything. And if you ever questioned anything, they'd be like, you know, shut up. Like, this is, this is my retreat. This is my workshop on cabins. Who are you? you yeah. Know? And it's, I'm the idea guy. You don't know much. Yeah. Whereas like, it's, it's amazing. You say it in that book, he talks about how the best leaders in his experience let the subordinates or let other members of the team come up with their own plan or, and a lot of times they have a better way of doing it than he does. And he's only there to manage and poke holes in plans. Yeah, absolutely. So right. I think that's, I can, I can objectively say a strength of ours where we, we recognize that in terms of people that are, are running a retreat or running a workshop and saying, hey, we're, we're going to put this all together. We're by no means the only voice of expertise um but we can guarantee if we all work together we're going to leave with a pretty damn good memory a pretty damn good portfolio and uh some sort of blueprint which you can use as a structure or as your outline to do your own thing and move forward so yeah and i think be wary of master classes or workshops that claim either directly or indirectly that they have all the answers and know everything. Like I think between the people running a workshop or a retreat and the people attending, you are cut from the same cloth. You are on the same level. There's nobody who's, you know, higher or lower in terms of what they can offer in terms of insight or advice or ideas and right. I think I think you're right. I think uh, I think it is the strength of you and I to be able to say and genuinely mean it. Look, we don't know everything, but we know some stuff. And yeah. I hope people appreciate the authenticity behind that. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. And so, one more big one mm-hmm. for 2023 from your list. I actually have two more. Two more. I have a little. I have a little one, and then you can you can do the big one. Okay. Because uh, you said it, offering master classes. Um, that's something too in 2023 that uh, Seth and I are going to start to be doing. Not master classes per se, but we. Here's where this was born. We get a lot of DMs with very specific and. Um, detailed questions, questions that deserve 
a big response. And big responses take a good amount of time. Um, so we do want to offer certain things in, in the new year in terms of one-on-one sessions uh, and being able to schedule one-on-one sessions with us for a number of different things, um, mm-hmm. whether it's like critique on a portfolio or ideas or editing or pitch revisions. Um, uh, even, you know, I do this with quote fingers, but like life coaching stuff, like let's talk through a scenario where you're very nervous about an upcoming gig. Um, that's I like, like to call it an external opinion or external advice. Yeah. And I am unlike, you know, some people, but like we, we do have a good expertise here. I'm a, I'm a trained counselor. Like this is, this is what I do. Um, so it's not just some guy, uh, for like those kinds of things. Seth has, (laughs) (laughs) Seth has uh, a lot of experience in the field in terms of, uh, product shots and making a living as a photographer. So there's expertise surrounding, uh, this room and, that's just that, you know, it's, it's nothing you, you have to do or whatever, but it's going to be offered. And we're, we're excited to do that. Um, cause a lot of people do reach out and we can't always give as much detail as we want to. So it might be a scenario where it works in like, let's schedule a time, um, and, and go from there. So I just want to throw that out there. But what's the, what's the big guy? What's the last thing is our 2023 annual retreats. The big one, different from a workshop. The workshop is, I think, more technical, more tactical. And I think our retreats have a little bit of that, but the retreats are more about community, more about coming together in an insanely cool place. Last year, we did Zion National Park, and we had seven people join in a beautiful private villa in the middle of the desert, in the middle of the mountains, surrounded by elk and insane cliffs uh, it <laughs> was insane it oh was insane God. and we didn't really know what to expect going into it and coming out of it really and i think the number one thing for people was especially after two three years of nuttiness with isolation was the coming together and realizing there's other you know a lot of other people who share similar interests with photography with cooking with just being an observer of nature. And I think that was the big sell. The camera was the liaison for that, the catalyst for that. Mm-hmm. This year, I don't want to give away the official location until we have our lodging pinned down. We agreed on that. But I think it's fair to give some hints where, where we're, we're leaning at. So this is the unofficial official announcement. Love it. It's going to be likely in July. Mm-hmm. So get your pens and your calendar out. It's going to be likely in July. I think we're looking at five, six days this time. Yeah. And it's going to be in Canada. (laughs) I came to you guys last year. You guys are coming to Great White North. It's out west where there's some animals. That's great, bud. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Where there's some wildlife, where there's some big peaks. That's all I'll say. Wow. I'm excited. That's all I'll say. We're in talks with someone I have a connection with to help, you know, get enough cool lodging. Not just, ho- I don't want to do just hotels. You know, mm-hmm. we agreed on that. Yeah. Something neat. So in July, five, six days out West in Canada. I mean, that only gives you a few spots, but you never know. <laughs> That's what we're thinking, and it's going to be awesome. And ask anyone who was on the retreat last year if you really want to do your homework and find out their experience um, from uh, you know someone unbiased. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and people remember we we told about the retreat last December for. April because it was in April. Yeah, it was so, four months out. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit of time before we get all the details. So be patient, but we're not we're not skipping on it. Um, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited because I have summers off, so mm-hmm. I can just like really, 
I'll be in, it'll be it'll be Mantis vacation mode. You guys have no idea what that's like. It's <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> uh, no, I'm very excited. Um, I think everyone will be excited once we we get it pinned down. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Once so the lodging's the pinned down, the announcement comes out. So those are the things. That's what's cooking. That's the things. The uh, all the codes we have. If you're interested in, you know, apparel products, go to Paxi. If you're interested in password encrypted hard drives, both SSD and you know traditional spinning disks, uh, iStorage. We got a code gets you fifteen percent off. We, if you're interested in anything from Encore Golf, head to their website TBM fifteen again and enter the giveaway seven hundred US dollars worth of uh retail value worth of things you can win in this giveaway all you have to do is give your email sign up for sign up a friend if you know they'll like it um you know ask for forgiveness later (laughs) um we (laughs) talked a bit more about imposter syndrome from a you know someone who's not in this podcast jocko willink go check out that podcast uh i think it's just called jocko podcast ex-navy seal task force commander and i like to tie in with humility and the idea that if you're feeling uh, imposter syndrome, nervousness from that, that you are going to double, triple down on your preparation so that you do the best you possibly can. The more you do that, the more you mitigate catastrophic failure. Obviously, things go wrong, but I think uh, the point there was imposter syndrome is a good thing when balanced with an appropriate amount of confidence as well. I think it's important to have that confidence at the same time you have imposter syndrome. And then we talked about Warner's Camp, April 28th, where you can build a portfolio at one of the best cabins on the East Coast of the United States. Best being, you know, it's perception, it's beautiful property. And if they choose to use your work, I mean, it's not out of the realm that cabins come knocking. So, and back to the point of, you know, the Chris Howe thing. The Mercedes, you can, you know, you go shopping other car companies saying you've already photographed for Mercedes. They take you a lot more seriously. You go to other cabins saying you've shot for Warner's camp, especially if they follow Warner's camp, you know, you carry a lot more credibility. So we want that to be worth every penny, whatever that price comes out to be. We haven't worked it out yet, but we're going to make it as affordable as possible. And we're going to make it a, you know, a weekend where we all learn from one another, where no one is above the other person where not one person feels they know every single thing, but we're going to share what's worked from, you know, what's worked with Aaron, what's worked with me, what's worked as a team and try and pass that on to people who are interested in exploring that realm of photography. Cause it can be quite lucrative. Aaron is a real life example where you actually started mm-hmm. at Warner's camp, your portfolio. So it's true. Kind of revisiting that whole template. Yep. And then lastly, the, 2023 annual retreat, Canada, July, out west. That's all Get I'm ready. saying. Get ready. And as always, Aaron, you know, if if you ever feel like, oh, I, I got something out of this uh, podcast, please let us know. That that makes us feel uh, the the value, the tinglies, the tinglies, but just the the value in what we do, where it goes like, oh, that that's great. So we love those DMs. Like, thanks, um, you know, or I, or I have an add on to that point, or can you talk about this? That always helps. Um, if you do find value in these episodes, please share them on your social media. You know, it's I think from Spotify, it's maybe like a one click share to your Instagram. You know, and you can you can share these. That spreads it along. We all have photography friends. Let's get this into as many people's ears as we can. Um, I'm sure most of you have already rated and or reviewed, but if you could take the time to do that again, that helps with the algorithm or cue to to get this into more people's hands. Um, and that helps us and allows us to do the things that we like to do, like potentially multiple workshops a year or multiple retreats a year, or, you know, just keep stepping up the game and makes it possible. And, and that's our, that's what we want to be doing. So, uh, it helps everyone help everyone. So again, we appreciate you. We hope you had a great 2022 and a we're going to have a better 2023. Uh, we're going to keep growing, keep building, and keep learning. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're with us. Me too. And I just sent you the TPM artwork. 
for today's oh, episode. Yeah, this I, know is, I actually s- just sent you it from a feature account, but uh, <laughs> this is Cynthia's like third time, and I don't care because her macro stuff. I was actually talking about getting into macro photography, and I was using her portfolio as a reference for the group of people I was showing photos to, and just how cool the small world can be. And I don't know, Cynthia's stuff is incredible. So, yeah, it's so I'm cool. not even sorry that it's her third or fourth time being on the on the cover art. But this tree frog, look at his eyes, man. Yeah, it's stunning. It is absolutely stunning. And it took me 0.5 seconds to know that who's it, was it hers. is. Yep. Exactly. From a feature account. You're like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah, so that's cool. Someone who's developed the style, someone who's dedicated to that genre, to the craft. Yeah. Listener yeah. of the show. Love She's it. Super nice too. Super she, nice. So congratulations again, Cynthia. And it's a you know metaphor for a bigger thing is that you know some the the small things matter. You got to pay attention to the small stuff because they make up the big picture. So Absolutely. that's me being corny. Congratulations, yeah. Cynthia. Happy New Year, everybody. Stay safe. Yeah. And uh, see you. I'll see you next year. See you next year. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest joke ever. The uh, worst. All right, buddy. Stay safe, everybody. And then we'll see you next year.